Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. All right. Good evening, caffeinators. Thanks for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe again. I don't know where you find yourself, but it's six o'clock in the evening on a Wednesday here in California. Dave, it's a little bit later for you. Yeah, it's nine, <laughs> nine o'clock here. But thank you, for uh, caffeinators, for coming by uh, another episode today, uh, the Vet Tech Cafe, the tent in which all camels are welcome. <laughs> We'd like to thank all of our caffeinators for their continued support. We got a new Patreon uh, since our last episode, Sandra Balduck. Thank you very much for supporting us and, and to all our existing Patreons. Thank you so much. We really, really, really appreciate it. If you're just finding us, uh, you can fi- visit our website, www.vettechcafe.com for all of our info. Check out all of our social media channels. Like us, follow us, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We really appreciate you guys being here. Dave, what's on your mind? Getting warmer here, so I- I'm <laughs> loving it today i actually spent i did some work on the computer in the hammock in the front in the nice. front porch so things things are going good here it's getting warmer i'm i'm actually going to austin in a couple of weeks to do some consulting so i'm excited to get out and nice. do that stuff again yeah but yeah you know kind of worried about the ukraine stuff and right of course I'm, I'm impressed by the resiliency of the mm-hmm. Ukrainians, um, but just so upset that all this has to happen. Agreed. It's just ridiculous. Agreed. Absolutely agree with all that. It's uh, It's been in the 90s here the last couple of days, which for early <sighs> March is dumb for me. But, you know, it's nice. Don't don't get me wrong. Molly and I leave for Hawaii tomorrow for a week, so I, I'm pretty I excited, I'm excited uh, for to get you. away for a few days and kind of turn off and unwind. I, I definitely them need the mental reset. So definitely looking forward to that. Take some non-vet days. Take as many non-vet days as you can. <laughs> oh, I, I plan to for sure. For sure. So I, we got a, we got a really great episode today. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, we've been wanting to talk about veterinary technician education kind of since the start of our podcast. We touch on it quite a, quite a bit, but we've never really had like, I mean, we've had a couple yeah. of teachers on, but not like a, not an expert, I guess. Right. Absolutely. And, and there's so many different facets of it, lots of different credentials. So we're going to talk all about all of that today um, and kind of get some of this straightened out, get some insight on, on vet tech education. I, I know I was an alternate route student, Dave, yep. I, th- I yep. think you were as well, if I recall correctly. And so e- even with that, you know, we always talk about our guests and their paths. Even the education path can oh, be yeah. so different yeah. for, for so many people in our field. So I'm excited to talk about all this today. So uh, we have Jennifer Serling coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today. She's been a credentialed veterinary technician since 1992. Um, huge focus in large animal nursing, uh, though her experiences kind of encompass all 
facets of veterinary medicine. She's been a technician educator since 2007 and has a bachelor's in veterinary science from the University of Arizona and associate of science from Penn Foster's vet tech program. She was a program director for a veterinary technician school in Tucson, Arizona for 11 years prior to joining the Appalachian State University Veterinary Technology Program uh, as its assistant director. She's written two veterinary technician textbooks on pharmacology and large animal medicine and nursing and contributed to several others. In addition to teaching and writing, um, she's a firm believer in giving back to the community and serves on the board of directors for three animal welfare and rescue groups. Her passion is large animal and uh, absolutely loves sharing the excitement with her students, which I think is amazing because I can tell both from my experience as a student and my experience as a technician educator, I have zero large animal <laughs> experience and it's something they absolutely need. And I, I know I was not able to provide that. So to have a, a large animal focused instructor is pretty awesome. She's the current president of the Association of Veterinary Technician Educators. This is going to be an alphabet soup here, but that's the <laughs> AVTE. She's also a founding member of the Academy of Veterinary Technician Specialists in Education, which is the AVTSE, and holds the advanced certification of VTES, Veterinary Technician Education Specialist. And we're going to decipher all of that here in a little bit. She currently resides in Tucson, Arizona. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today. What can we get you for a cup of coffee? You know, funny enough, I'm actually not a coffee drinker, um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for having me. However, I do like my tea. Ah. I will drink coffee if it doesn't taste like coffee. <laughs> so if you pour like a ton of sugar, like the Frappuccino ah. Sorority Girl, like frou-frou drinks, then I, you got me. You like the coffees that Jeff drinks. <laughs> then you're in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're yes, so I do good. love me a good caramel frappuccino. Yeah. Oh, they are. They really are. That that late night sugar high is wonderful on an overnight shift. Um so if you don't mind, take us through your career path. I kind of hit on some of the highlights there, but kind of, you know, what got you started in veterinary medicine, some of the major high points along the way up to what you're doing now. So it's it's kind of an interesting career path, and, and you guys were mentioning kind of you went the alternate route, and I actually did as well. So it's it's a very kind of twisty and and you know curvy road to where I got uh, where I'm at today. But I started way back in the late '80s. Um, I was working at a vet clinic, um, trying to get hours because um, I was initially going to apply to vet school because at that point I thought that was all I could be. Um, and I didn't realize that there was actually other things that you could be in a vet clinic besides the vet. And so when I started working at the vet clinics and, you know, I laugh, I used to call myself a dinosaur because <laughs> I've been credentialed since 92, but I've decided to upgrade that a little bit. So now I call myself vintage. Yes, so I'm like a yes. fine wine. So instead of a dinosaur, I'm vintage. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But heck, I was trained with dip tanks and methoxy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, no pain. You know, I think of the stuff that we did back in the 80s and I just cringe now. But I'll use it as an example for my students to go, okay, this is why we learn to, why we learn and how we progress in things because you don't want to keep doing things the same way. <laughs> So I was, you know, trying to get hours into vet school and I actually uh, ended up falling in love and, and having a kid and, and vet school kind of got put on the back burner. But, you know, I love veterinary medicine. So I decided to um, to take my board exams. And at that point in Arizona, it was you were grandfathered in if you were 
you know, working, I think it was 4,120 hours in clinics, you could then sit for the VTNE and the state boards. Um, so that's what I did. And, and again, showing my age, it was the Scantron filling in the bubbles <laughs> with this, you know, and you had to have the number two pencil, yeah. God forbid, it didn't break. We did that too, right, Jeff? Wasn't our Scantron? Uh, the VTS exam was. My 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 credentialing exam was was on like on computer, but my our VTS exam, we were the last Scantron group, I wow, think. Wow, yeah. yeah. And then you would wait weeks to get <laughs> oh, the results months. back. It wasn't like yeah. it didn't pop yes. up on the screen like it does yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I got my credentialing and, and worked, you know, you know, a decade or so in, in clinics and then I got married and had another kid and was stay at home mom for a while. And then I got divorced and I'm like, well, I need to, I need to work because I'm a single mom now with two kids. <laughs> so I'm like, I really didn't want to go back into clinic work because it didn't pay as well. And I was, since I was a single parent, I wanted set hours. You know, I wanted something that was a little bit more reliable. And there was a vet assistant program in Tucson and they were always looking for instructors. And I'm like, well, this could be interesting. I'm like, I've never taught before. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know veterinary medicine and maybe this could be something that, you know, the pay was was decent and maybe this is something that I could do. So I went in just to pick up an application. Um, I had one of the kids in the car. I was not <laughs> dressed at all for in thinking I was just going to run in, grab an application, fill it out, and then, you know, drop it back off again, picked it up, walked down, dropped off my resume, walked back down to my car. And they literally, the faculty coordinator at the time comes running out into the parking lot. She's like, wait, wait, can you, can you come in for an interview now? And I'm like, oh God, this is like, so on every do not do, yeah. you red, know, red for flags job. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, I've got a kid in the car. She's like, that's okay. He can sit in the lobby. So <laughs> I went in, I, did an hour interview with her and they actually, they checked my references and they hired me the next day to teach their vet assistant class. So that was kind of the start of it. And if you had asked me, you know, five years prior to that, you know, what do you think about teaching? I would have said, oh dear God, no, that's never going to happen. But there I kind of found myself, wow, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is adulting. We can do this. (laughs) And I loved it. I absolutely fell in love with it. I loved working with the students. I loved you know, kind of seeing light bulbs go off with them, you know, teaching them new things, teaching them what an amazing career veterinary medicine is. And that, you know, this, this is a passion, it's a calling, and you absolutely can do this. And, and, you know, we, the school that I was at served a lot of um, low income, first generation, you know, college students. So it was a very, um, very different kind of demographics that we had. And, and allowing them and helping them become something was just the most amazing gift. And it was so incredibly rewarding to be able to see them accomplish and, and be like the, you know, the first students, to, you know, to graduate from a, from an actual something above high school. So it was just phenomenal. Um, so I did that for several years and then they decided to start a vet tech program because um, there was only one other one in town. And they asked me if I would be interested in, in, in running the vet tech program. And I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and so I started the vet tech program here in Tucson and ran that one for 11 years until I uh, just left this past fall. And, you know, again, the same thing. And it was, it was kind of my baby. Um, you know, I started it in its infancy. I went through our initial accreditation. I went through two accreditations with the program, you know, graduated, you know, a couple hundred students. And, and again, just absolutely, absolutely loved it. So then <laughs> I'm like, okay, what else can we do to kind of, I'm, I'm a big proponent of kind of pushing myself out of my comfort zone. You know, I'm in, I'm in my early fifties and I'm like, okay, what else can we do, you know, to kind of grow in, in, in life. And I decided while I was, you know, during the program here, I'm like, well, you know what, I would like to present at a conference. So I submitted um, two proposals for the ABTE conference back in, I think it was 2017, and they were both accepted. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess now I'm going to present at a conference. (laughs) And then I put in a book proposal and I'm like, let's try writing a textbook. (laughs) So I wrote a pharmacology (laughs) textbook. And then, you know, so everything's kind of like progressed from there. And then I'm like, well, you know, I think maybe I'd like to help serve our association and and help other educators because I love to do that. You know, as much as I love working with students, I also like mentoring new new teachers as well. So I, I ran for the board of ABTE and was elected to that and then um, ended up becoming president-elect and, and currently president of ABTE. Then Appala- Appalachian, I, keep, I have to keep reminding myself to pronounce it correctly because I'm like very like you know, Arizona girl going Appalachian. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm impressed that Jeff, you said it correctly when you were reading my bio. That was really good. As as a local, we just call it App State. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And that's, I've learned that. So the cool kids just call it App State. So that's what I do Mm. now. So yeah. So then the position at Appalachian came up and I'm like, wow, this would be really cool. It's starting another program. It's unlike anything any vet tech program has ever seen before. So we have our first group starting uh, in the fall. So I'm the assistant director for the App State program, vet tech. It's a bachelor's degree program, and I'm super excited about that. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. <laughs> in a <laughs> awesome. nutshell. If you know- you know, it, it's it's funny how, you know, when you do one thing, things just start to snowball and, you know, then it's like, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, well, I'm, I'm, that was okay. So I'm going to try this. And it just keeps building and building. And, and you said you keep like trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I'm 43 and I just keep trying to get myself more and more into my comfort zone <laughs> and, <laughs> and just... Just stay static for a little while. You know, when I think back to my career, like the times where I was feeling burned out or feeling unfulfilled was the times where I was doing the same thing for too long and not challenged. And the times that I am excited is when I have something new, like a new, like when Jeff and I first started this podcast, we were like so invigorated to to be in this field again. Mm -hmm. And it's just the the newness of everything that I think we all need. And I I think to some degree, that's how technicians are. That's, that's like the the personality traits are always driven and, and trying to do more. Yeah. And I don't think any of us are really happy with status quo. I mean, I, I think, it, like you said, it's kind of it's our personality trait that drives us in this field is and, and that's one of the beautiful things in, in clinical work is you never know what's coming in the door. Mm-hmm. So every day is going to be different. But in, in, in education, that's not always the case because you're teaching the same classes over and over again. And so that that can, you know, be somewhat monotonous. And so, you know, trying other things and, and kind of 
enriching your life in other ways, I think is is a really kind of good thing to do. So thinking about the, the veterinary technician profession, this is something we like to ask all our guests. Tell us something that is working really well for the profession and then tell us something that we really need to work on. I think I think things are improving in regards to satisfaction, utilization. I, I think that we're we're kind of at a crossroads um, in where we're at, but I also think it's about to blow up in an incredibly great way. So I think we're getting much better at that. I think we're getting much better at teaching new technicians coming out to stand up for themselves. At least that's something that I really push with my students is know your own worth. But that said, there's also still a lot of work that needs to be done. You know, like talking about the camel. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I, I'll just be real quiet on that one. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of education that needs to be needs to be done to both the general public, but then also to the to the veterinarians. And I think there's a lot of growth that needs to be to be done with that. But if you look, you know, again, compared to where we were 30 years ago, you know, when I first started doing this, it's it's grown by leaps and bounds. And what I was limited to as a tech at, you know, in my 20s, and now a tech in my 50s is unbelievable. You know, we didn't have VTSs back then. Right. You know, <laughs> right. We, we didn't right. have this advancement like we do now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So kind of jumping off into the education pool here. So first, we'll start with AVTE. So, um, the Association of Veterinary Technician Educators. What does this organization do? What are its goals? So ABTE, it's this amazing, weird little niche of an organization. It's 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 fabulous. It's an association that was developed probably actually probably close to 30 if not longer years ago to support veterinary edu- veterinary technician educators and it's it's an interesting group in that we have both veterinarians and t- veterinary technicians that are our members on the board, we've got both both tax and vets that sit on the board of directors, and then our members are all vets and vet te- and vet techs that teach in vet technology programs. We have a once a year conference that, again, is unlike any other conference that you've ever been to because it's based on veterinary technology education. So we're not honing in on clinical skills like you know how to do better dental X-rays or you know um, you know how to this new way to put in an IV catheter or whatever. It's how do we teach pharmacology? You know, how are we going to have better pass rates on the VTNE? So it's focused strictly on education and how to be better educators. And, and the main goal of the organization as a whole is to provide the best quality education to veterinary technology students because we want this is the next generation coming out and we want them to be phenomenal. And by taking the CE and going, becoming members and going to the conference, we're able to then bring back our best to our students. Got it. So uh, if you could just maybe give us an example, um, because at a conference like this, like you said, not clinical, then that's all, that's all I know. (laughs) What kind of like a, you know, give us an example of maybe a course or for lack of a better phrase, lecture or a lab or something that might be presented there to, to teach veterinary technician educators? So we have, like I said, we have a yearly conference. Last year it was in St. Louis in August. This year it's going to be in Philadelphia 
Philadelphia. But last year, like our two keynotes, we actually had two keynotes. We had Marty Becker and we had Temple Grandin. Uh, Marty actually came to St. Louis and Temple did it virtually because we were doing doing it hybrid because of COVID. But, you know, other, you know, things. So they were both talking about, you know, Temple's talking about animal behavior, but also dealing with, you know, potentially students that are on the spectrum. Marty, you know, was doing Fear Free, which we're all or hopefully all teaching now in, in our programs. But then some examples is, you know, doing different engagement techniques, teaching online right now, because we were all kind of forced to go, you know, to this online program. And now a lot of us are still online or, or hybrid. Um, but how do we keep these students engaged when it's you on a screen and you're lecturing at them for 50 minutes and they're zoning out, you know, and or on their phones or doing whatever, and they're just completely checked out. So it's, you know, courses like that, that kind of, it gives us teaching tools for, for lack of a better term. But again, th- things that we can bring back to our students that are just going to make us that much better educators. And it's, I always come out of it because, and it's not just that I'm getting to learn new things or, or get new ideas, but I get to talk to colleagues and I'll be like, wow, you know, I'm really struggling with, you know, these students, you know, on their externship trying to get this skill done. And they're like, oh my gosh, I had that same problem too. And, and just talking to colleagues and, and, you know, having mentors there that you can meet and talk to. It's just, there. it's such a, because it's such a small community, but we have such incredible camaraderie. And I just, I, I love it. I just come away just invigorated. Awesome. Prior to what I'm doing now, I, I was a teacher and I was introduced to AVTE, but I probably didn't utilize it as, as well as I could have. So how does the AVTE help veterinary technician educators and how does it actually help students? So it indirectly helps students because we don't work, we don't have student chapters. We do now we do have our educators run the student chapters of NAFTA. So they run the SCNAFTAs. So in that way they can yeah they can they can help the students that way. But one of the things we you know we have obviously an annual membership and and the conference, but it's it's giving the memberships tools. We also, we have um, an active Facebook page for all the members. We have a program director specific page where we can kind of, you know, ask questions specific for just program directors, you know, running programs. We're working on our, on our website, we're going to be doing a resource library where we're going to have videos, PowerPoints, examples of exams. Um, we have to have a, the IACUC, the Institutional Animal Care and Use Committee, examples of protocols for that, um, help with accreditation, examples of our self-study reports. So, I mean, it's just this huge, just dump of, of <laughs> material yeah. that anybody can have access to. Because if you're going in and as a new teacher and they're like, yeah, so we're going to hire you and next week you're going to be teaching anatomy. And then you get that deer in the headlight look going, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, I don't have material and I don't have exams and what am I, I've never set up a course. And that's what we're here for because nobody should have to reinvent the wheel and nobody should have to go in not knowing what to expect. And and that's one of my goals as president is, is I reach out and, and if someone's like, Hey, does anyone have an example of this here? Have it. This is what I did. I'm happy to give it to you because we should be sharing. Cause even though we're at different schools, it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And how, so let's say, um, you know, of course, as Dave said, we've, we've both taught previously. If somebody is a new veterinary technician educator, how do they get involved with AVTE? How do they become a member? Um, what's your overall membership? Brag on the association a little bit. Cool. Yeah. So if you go to avt.net, so a association of vet tech, avte.net, 
that's our website and it's a $75 a year membership fee. Some schools pay for it. So it, it definitely doesn't hurt. If you're not sure, talk to your program director, talk to your, you know, your administration and say, Hey, you know, this is a really good association. I think I, I should join it. I think it would really help, but it's $75. If not, I think it's probably tax deductible because it's work, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, joining that way, there's an easy membership form to fill out. Our executive director and our assistant executive director are amazing and they're very good about answering emails and any questions right away. But then once you're a member, then you can, you know, add, go on the Facebook page, go on our website. We've got resources up there as well. And we're still developing. I've started doing a podcast for ABT talking we mentioned Liz Houston. I I was uh, interviewed her um, a few weeks ago. So we've got our journal. We've got a, the journal of ABTE, the J- Javtees coming back out again. Um, so people can have, if they like to read, they've got that on print or they can look it up on their computer. But we really try to give as much as possible back to the community. That's great. Because that's what Dang, we're here for. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. One other question I would have too about it. So I'm no longer a, a veterinary technician educator. However, I lecture at conferences. I do a lot of webinars. I do a lot of teaching, just not in a formal classroom. Mm-hmm. Could I could I join and still utilize some of those resources? Is there a membership that would apply to me? Because I think that there's still a lot I could learn from that, even though I'm not actively teaching vet tech students anymore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we have industry people, you know, join, you know, because they, you know, like people that work for VTNE prep type services and that kind of stuff, they join. So we're open to, to anybody that, that is interested okay. in any type of educating vet technicians, not necessarily formal, ed- although I consider conferences, I consider that formal education, but but in, in non-program related activities. So yeah, anybody can join. And it's, it is, it's just the flat rate for anybody of the 75 bucks. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of yeah. resources too for, for seven. I didn't realize you guys had a journal and Love the idea of the podcast. That's all so cool. Yeah. What is, what is the name of the podcast? It's, we, I, oh God, <laughs> AVTE. I cannot remember the name of it. We'll find we it. just recorded. I think I've recorded, yeah, like seven. It hasn't, we haven't done it yet. It's still in production. Okay. I have seven episodes and we're going to start releasing them, I think this month. A- AVTE Attitudes. Oh, that's great. That's what it was. Yeah, send us a send us a link for that. We can uh, we can share that in the show notes yeah. and stuff. Um, I I think it's great that you have all those resources. I I wish I had utilized AVTE more when I was a teacher, because I came in as a teacher never having taught before, and they're like, okay, here's the classes that the previous teacher taught. And because I'm me and I'm a perfectionist, I was like, well, I have to change all this stuff <laughs> because that's that's who I am. Uh, if I had had those resources at my fingertips, I I figure. I probably would have had a much easier time managing that. And instead, I, I yeah. kind of got frustrated with it. And that's not the whole reason why I left teaching. I, I left teaching mostly because I was just frustrated and stagnant. <laughs> I think you know, most of us are not. We didn't go into this because we wanted to teach. I think it's something a lot of us kind of end up falling into. Yeah. So it's not like we and we didn't get you don't get formal training. I mean, you can do your master's and, and other stuff in education, but we're not naturally born teachers. We yeah. went into this as vet techs or as veterinarians and then kind of then evolved into these teaching roles. So you, you definitely, you need support. Yeah. And I, I think my, my, my logic for going into teaching was at, at, at the, at the age I was, I, I started to say that, you know, eventually I'm going to be wanted more for my mind than my body. And, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, all right. So 
Uh, before we get into some of the other questions, we, we've got a lot more we want to dive into here. Why don't we take a little quick break here and we'll pay some bills and we'll be back right after the break. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online that's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy and financial aid is available. Caffeinators receive 10% off the first month using BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Don't take our word for it. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com reviews. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash reviews. If you want to take charge of your mental health, visit betterhelp.com slash vettechcafe and get started today and get 10% off your first month. Be well, caffeinators. All right, everyone, we are back. Welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where you will not be judged for not ordering coffee. We'll just make you whatever you want. <laughs> so, Jen, you know, that we just had an ad for, for betterhelp.com. And one of the things we like to ask our guests is, you know, given that you're doing so much, you've got so many things on your plate and so many, so many things you've done over the years. How do you manage your mental health? How do you how do you stay sane? And is there a way that you get away from veterinary medicine? There, you know, there is. And, and you know, I've struggled with, you know, depression in the past and, and I've definitely experienced job burnout, um, you know, hence the reason why I'm you know tackling on an entirely brand new program now <laughs> um, because I needed needed something different and I, I needed to get away from a, you know, not great situation where I wasn't being utilized properly. And, and I, I felt, you know, this was definitely not my place that I need to be at the time and, and needed something different. But, um, you know, I've got, you know, two amazing kids and, and a dog and, and I get out as much as possible and, you know, visit Boone, North Carolina and go out to eat and just, you know, try to, to enjoy life. And, and, you know, part of the thing that, that keeps me going is writing books and working on ABTE. That's, that's fun for me. That's stuff that I truly enjoy doing. And I really like bad reality television. (laughs) There There it is. is. There There it is. All the other, all the rest is just fluff. The bad reality TV. That's, that's, that's the release. But you get you got to find what you love. You get if if that puts yeah, your mind in the right mindset to heck yes. Ignore emails and ignore ignore work. That that's what you got to do. Well, I finally you know, and I finally learned where you know it was bad in in my previous position. I was answering emails on vacation to the point where my kids would say, "Do you really need to be looking mm-hmm. at your phone?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I do." They expect me to to be answering emails when I'm not there. You know, they expect me to be on call, and and that's not a healthy situation. Right. And and I've I've now said, you know what, I'm you know midlife you know, towards the left. Um, and, um, that's not a good thing. And, and I need, I, I need a better life balance. And, and I, I found that in this new position, but, um, one of the things interesting when you bring up mental health, one of the things that we're doing with the app state program is both Virginia Corrigan's the director. Um, she's a veterinarian, veterinarian from Virginia tech, but we actually are going to be hiring a wellness coordinator for the program. Oh, that's to great. Support both the veterinarian, the veterinary staff, but 
also the, the primarily the students, but basically that their main job will be the mental well-being and emotional well-being of, of students and faculty because we both are such hugely strong proponents of making sure that, you know, they're not just getting book smarts, but they're also getting the tools to be able to cope with, you know, kind of the rigors of this program. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask about, you know, where was veterinary technician education on teaching these kinds of ideas? It's been six or seven years, I think, since I taught in a formal program. I know we never, I mean, I guess we kind of talked about some of the struggles of the profession, but we didn't certainly talk about mental health as much as we do now. And I, I was curious, is is that becoming more part of the fabric of, you know, the classroom? And, and because it's at some point, it's going to be part of your career experience in this field. It just is. That's the reality. And and are we preparing students for that? Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it used to be, you know, 14, 15 years ago when I first started teaching, it wasn't. It wasn't something we talked about because I don't think that the burnout and, and the stigma of mental health was something that, that we were supposed to discuss. And it's like, no, this is great. It's puppies and kittens and you're going to love this and it's going to be the most best career ever. And, and it sounds weird to say, but in a way it's good that the pandemic kind of brought all of this to a head and brought it to life because now it's not this kind of taboo thing to talk about. And that we can now have these great discussions with our students about mental health and about burnout and about wellness and what can we do to make sure that you guys have the best tools and the best where for all to know, you know, when you're experiencing this and, and what can you do to, you know, to kind of circumvent that. Does AVTE have any resources for, for mental health or anything like that? We do. And actually both at the last conference and then we've got tracks in this conference or not tracks, but, but sessions at this upcoming conference that are going to focus on, on mental well-being. We did a whole, a whole huge session um, at the St. Louis conference on, on well-being. Um, we've got Rebecca Rose is also going to be coming in to Philly and, and talking about, about mental well, well-being and, and, you know, both emotional, physical uh, health as well. It's, it's not in the curriculum per se, like there's not a standard from AVMA that requires us to do this, but it's definitely, we all, we are all definitely open the conversation with it now. Mm, yeah. And I remember when I was teaching that because, because I do the podcast and we talk about mental health all the time, uh, I would bring that to my students and the, the look on their faces when you, when you told them about burnout or compassion fatigue or, you know, the suicide rate in the, in the field, their eyes were like, are you kidding me? That's something I have to deal with. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're going to have to deal with that at some point. So it, it it's something that we definitely need to get into the programs. It's, it's just a matter of where, I guess. How do you how do you put that in there? Yeah, what I would do when I was teaching um, and I would teach our two large animal classes twice a week is I would take 10 minutes mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of the class and we would just talk about how are things going. And, you know, and I would talk about, you know, not just compassion fatigue, but I would also do professionalism and, you know, learning how to say no, you know, just again, you know, trying to get them to to be able to stand up for themselves and, and to know, you know, know their own self-worth. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of pivoting from AVTE now to uh, AVTSE. So you're a founding member of the Academy of Veterinary Technician Specialists in Education. Um, what's the goal of the Academy? Where does it stand in the approval process? Talk about it a little bit. So this is an interesting little can of worms, and I know both of you guys are VTSs. 
So several years ago, Margie Seurat, who has um, now since passed away, Margie wanted to develop a veterinary technician specialty in education. So Rebecca Rose was also one of the founding members and myself, and we've now we've got some other people that have joined as well. But in, what we wanted to do is we wanted, we felt that, you know what, this is our own unique experience and, and expertise, and we felt that that we should be recognized for it. So we did the whole thing with NAFTA and we applied for it. NAFTA denied it for good reason because they said, well, you know, we, we basically partner up with the vet specialties. That's typically how VTS has come about. And at that point, there was not a veterinary education specialty. So we decided, well, you know what? Other people have done it. We're going to go rogue. Um, so we went rogue <laughs> and we developed our own academy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because like the equine people, there's other people that have done it. So it's not like unheard of. Um, Obviously, we didn't want to use VTS because that's you guys is that's the NAFTA thing. We didn't want to encroach upon, you know, upon that. And and we respect that. But we wanted, you know, we wanted somehow we wanted to, to be able to to celebrate our expertise. I mean, you've got master's degrees in education and stuff like that, but this is, it's, you know, it's, this is very unique. This is, we are, we teach veterinary education and we are experts in our field. So that's what we did. So we started the academy. We've got our bylaws. We've got, you know, the constitution, all of that jazz. And um, at AVTE every year, we have people sitting for the credentialing exam. So we've got, we're still a very small group. I think there's only... I think there's less than a dozen of us. There's not very many, but we're slowly gaining gaining momentum. <laughs> <laughs> is there a VTS in education? Is that is that something separate? Is that is, is that what you are? There's not currently one. Okay. So we have talked to NAFTA recently. Well, so interesting, just like in the last couple of weeks, I saw an article, the um, ABVS or Academy of Board Veterinary Special, they're, they're thinking about doing one for veterinarians. Mm. So I think if that happens... Then I think we can reevaluate the role with NAFTA and potentially do a, do a partnership. Then I, I think there there may be there may be a pathway doing it at that point. Okay, got it, got it. But so, until then, we've gone rogue. <laughs> and so the, the the Rogue Academy, yeah, that's the the credential of the VTES. So Veterinary Technician Education Specialist. Got it, got it. Okay, so talk about that. Explain that. So again, it's, you know, someone that has been, you know, excelling and, and working hard in the field of veterinary, veterinary technician education. Um, it's really rigorous requirements in order for somebody to, to sit for our board exams. Um, you know, they have to be teaching for, you know, a significant period of time. Um, they have to submit teaching plans, PowerPoints, examples of, of lesson plans, you know, different things that they've done in regards to education. Ideally, we'd like them to be public have a degree above the associate degree that's required in most programs. So at least have a bachelor's, many have master's. Let me think what else. They have to um, be able to or have um, presented at conferences, um, ideally ABTE, because again, it's it's specialty towards education or spoken at other conferences about veterinary education. So it's a point system, probably similar to what the other ones have got um, have done, but we're just looking in regards to education. We just don't give it to just anybody. 
<laughs> doesn't well, sound and, like it. You know, when we talk to people that that have ETSs, we we always ask them what what's on their skills list. And is, did you basically just list what's on your skills list? Yeah. So we have a we have a point system, and then we've got the rec- you know a recommended reading list. But basically, you know, what we're looking for pedagogy and you know teaching styles and and you know that kind of stuff. You know, again education, but also, you know, how, what have you done to kind of prove yourself to be, you know, a specialist in this field? Mm. Like you, I mean, with, with EC, you know, ECC and all of that, I mean, what have you guys, I mean, you guys excel in that field. Another question would be, what's the difference between the VTES and a master's in education? Is that just more focused towards veterinary technicians or does the master's in education give you something different? So the VTS, I mean, it it definitely doesn't hurt, but I mean, honestly, if you want to teach in, in higher academia, you you need a master's mm-hmm. degree. I mean, I'm going to be going and, and getting mine as well because it does. I think it, it opens up a lot more doors. If you want to teach, you know, in in a lot of bachelor's degree program, they require you to have a master's, you know, because you have to have one level higher than what right, you're teaching. Right. And I do think it gives you more of a formal education because I didn't know what pedagogy and all that stuff was when I started. I'm just like, here's a PowerPoint. I'm just going to talk. Can you tell us what pedagogy means? Because I don't know what it means. (laughs) Yeah, no clue. (laughs) Something with the feet, maybe? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what it, yeah. So it's basically kind of your your theory and your philosophy in regards regards to teaching and and kind of how you're doing it. Um, You know, and there's, you know, different levels and different styles of it. But, you know, but there's there's a lot of stuff in, in regards to formal education that you don't necessarily kind of automatically get. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to really learn about it. So I, I think a master's degree is, it's it's obviously very different than the VTES. And I think it's also very necessary. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, I, I love the idea of having some kind of credential f- for you guys, like some higher, some level of higher recognition. Because when I think about like vet tech programs and the alternate route program that I taught at, they they asked me when I was still a student because I had been in the field for so long. That's why I was doing alternate route. And I was kind of teaching some of the other students what I knew. So they, they just, you know, asked me, but there's not like a, there really isn't a process to become a veterinary technician educator at all. It's either they post a job or, you know, it's word of mouth. It's, but there really isn't any requirements to to go to go do this and so i think a lot of people that would probably be really good educators think they need to have a whole bunch of stuff when they actually don't and then there's probably the other end of the spectrum where they there may be actually not great educators but they they fill a need and so they're just kind of there but it makes so much sense to me that there is some level of of educational credential for these people, for, for you guys to be able to do this. And, and you know, those of us that teach full-time, we're not in a position that we could get a VTS because we're not in clinicals. We're not, you know, anesthesia. We're not emergency, all of that. We're not doing that. And and we wanted something to be able to acknowledge that that we are skilled in what we're doing. And like you said, yeah, it's, it's most of us didn't go into this thinking, oh, you know what, I'm going to teach. And, and, you know, the job requirements for vet tech education jobs is not having taught for three years. It's you have to be a credentialed technician from a graduate of an AVMA accredited school. Check. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and that's and now I mean that's I don't check that box. I was alternate <laughs> yeah. route, so that's why I, I I taught at the alternate route program I graduated from, but I don't teach anymore or I stopped teaching specifically because of that. Yeah, well, that's the one requirement. What's funny? I actually so I'm alternate route too. So I actually went back. I had to go to Penn Foster 
during while I was program director, I actually stepped down temporarily because AVMA made a standard that as a program director, you had to have been a graduate of an AVMA accredited school. So I stepped down, did Penn Foster for 11 months, and then step back up again. Because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, I gra- I was grandfathered in. Yeah, I've, I've thought about doing that. And I, I think maybe I just got to the point in my career that I didn't want to do that just to check the box and, and what have you, because I, I think I was on a different path. But I, I've still to this day have, have wondered, like, should I have, should I still do the same thing? I I don't know the answer, but um, it's something I still think about. From yeah, time I, to time. I think about that, too. And I I think my, the whole reason why I didn't go to school was I, I, have, I have a four-year degree. But when I got into veterinary medicine, I was in the field for 10 years before I said, oh, I should probably take the VTNE. And then at that point, I, I was teaching the students that were coming in as externs to, to do all that. And I was like, well, why would I do all that if I'm, if I'm already teaching them? Like, not that I thought that that school would be dumb for me. I I, di- I didn't think that, but it was more of the you know the further further along I got in my career, it became less of an option for me to do it. And and now this far along, I, I doubt I'd ever do it. It was it was good for me because it it put me back in my mm-hmm. student shoes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> as I was teaching yeah. them, I'm doing the same. You know, and and I had to videotape my skills. So I you know I would tell them, I'm like, you guys think it's bad doing skills in front of me? Try having to do them on a video. You know. <laughs> So what's on the horizon for veterinary technician education? Like, where do you see that niche of the field going over the next several years? It's, you know, it's progressing and it's it's evolving and it's really interesting to see. One of the things that um, a lot of schools are looking at is partnering with the vet schools Mm. and working a lot more towards team training and, and team education. So, because, you know, a lot of vets come out and they don't understand what we do. They don't know how to utilize us properly. So what better way, but to train vets and train vet techs together. Um, so that's one of the things that not just us at App State, but but also there's other programs that are looking into partnering with the veterinary schools and doing more of a team-based training. Another kind of trend that we're looking at and that we're kind of embracing at, at App State is, is getting away from the traditional lectures where, you know, you're just listening to me talk, which I think anyone <laughs> should listen to me talk for hours on end, you know, but, um, but getting away from that and doing more kind of the micro learning where, you know, you're watching a video and, and we're facilitators rather than mm-hmm. instructors um, and getting more discussions going around and, and case studies and, you know, trying, you know, the kids, the kids these days. <laughs> They they like videos and, and, you know, technology. And so, you know, we're really trying to, to bring a lot of that into into education now. And, it, and it's fun because what I love about this new position is we're kind of had, handed this blank slate and said, you know, here, what do you what do you dream? What is your ideal, you know, kind of unicorn vet tech program? And that's what we're doing. You know, we're getting to bring in, you know, bring in the micro learning and, and you know, utilize fear free and and doing all of these cool videos and stuff with them. So it's, you know, technology has come and definitely kind of come into play, you know, again, and COVID really made us think online Mm -hmm. education, you know, it's really kind of twisted things around where before it was like, Oh, I need to do brick and mortar. You don't, there's a lot you can get out of online, online classes now. As long as the students are paying attention. (laughs) Let's hope so. I will tap dance. I will sing. I will rap. I will do whatever it takes to get them to pay attention. <laughs> I have done the chicken dance in front of my students. <laughs> uh, you're, you're so right about the video. I, you know, I 
when I was teaching, I, I thought if I could if I could break down this lecture into like fifty separate TikTok videos, I think they would all learn so much better. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. These they really out. do. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I know I did too when I was a student. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, I can't even now. I you know I'm good for you know maybe twenty thirty minutes after that. You know my eyes. I'm like oh my mm-hmm, god, I can't sit mm-hmm. in front of this any you know anymore. Yeah. Well, that that just yeah, goes back absolutely. to you've got to be engaging. You've got to be entertaining to to make them pay attention and. I guess if you're yeah. not, then they're going to doze off. <laughs> right. So what other, any other topics around veterinary technician education that we haven't touched on that you want to get out to the caffeinators? So one of the kind of interesting things, so, you know, our schools are accredited through AVMA, specifically CVTEA, which is the committee that makes our credential or makes our standards and, and all of that and uh, does our accreditation, but they're turning 50 this year. Oh, wow. The- so we've had 50 years of accredited veterinary technology wow. programs. Wow. Yeah. Which is kind I, of cool. I didn't realize any, any idea what the oldest in existence is maybe like a Michigan state or something like that. I want to say it's like a New York or a New Jersey mm. school. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That I had, I had no idea this, that they would have yeah, been around I, that I was long. thinking like 90s yeah. maybe. If that. Yeah. I was going to say 20, 30 years tops wow. for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, and, and if you, you know, they used to be called was animal, animal health technicians mm-hmm. was, yeah. the, for, was the original, our original name. <laughs> right. And again, it's, it's progressed from there. Right. Right. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to just real briefly, veterinary technician or veterinary nurse, since you said animal health technician. Oh boy. You, oh, and boy. you can, and you can explain yourself if you want to. I'm just curious. So... So admittedly, you know, it's, I, I, I like nurse. I'm, I'm actually the nurse. My license plate says vet nurse on it, on my Honda Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, and I, and I know there's the argument for we're you know, we do way more than what nursing does, you know, but I, I think in regards to what are the public perception, and I just think it kind of elevates the title by utilizing the nurse. And I would love to see a nationwide we're all mm. RVNs. What I, I always go back to Jeff's analogy is that he's never he's never teched a, teched a patient back back to health. He's but he's nursed them back to health. So are you guys are you pro tech or pro nurse then? I, I don't have an opinion. You don't have an opinion. I'm an, I'm in the veterinary nurse camp, but again, I understand all of the challenges and all that that goes around it. But I think for me, the other part of it too is that you know, without going too much of a tangent, I just haven't seen any kind of other unified title option. I see a lot of proudly RVT, proudly LVT, proudly CVT, but somebody is still going to have to change. CVTs are all going to have to become RVTs or LVTs are all going to have to become CVTs, whatever it is. And I, I don't, I haven't seen any other unified stance so or any other type of alternate title so i I, that's that's my opinion yeah so as we're kind of winding down jen is is there another person that you want to put in your spot or even just a topic that we should explore well i think the fact that cvta is turning 50 and that two of the assistant directors there are technicians both laura and rachel i think they would be amazing guests and and talk about accreditation and and kind of what goes through, you know, it's like the volunteers on, on the CBTA committee, um, both veterinarians and technicians, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that go mm-hmm. into that, um, that they volunteer their time. And I think it'd be interesting because I don't know if everyone realizes kind of, you know, the huge process that a, a 
program has to go through mm -hmm. to become accredited. Right. Yeah, yeah we'll, absolutely. We'll look into that. Yeah, we will definitely look into that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, and now we're down to your would you rather question. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. Would you rather unexpectedly be given 100 puppies or one baby to take care of? Oh, puppies. Puppies? <laughs> <laughs> what, a hundred of them? I've raised two kids. My dog is so much cleaner and better behaved than my two boys. Hands down, puppies. <laughs> Jen, that is not the answer I wanted to hear because my wife is due with our first child in two months. Oh, I'm sorry, but children are a blessing. <laughs> They're great. You said, but. <laughs> that that's, that nullifies the argument. <laughs> But the the question is unexpectedly. Uh, you're expecting this, so you're you're prepared yeah, for it. This this is true. I, well, that's true. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, and to be fair, when you're old, the dogs are not going to be taking care of you. That is why you treat your ch children well, because they will be figuring out what home they're going to put you <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, true. Very, very so true. So that's what I keep telling my children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, well, Jen, thank you so much for the time for uh, for coming by to the Vet Tech Cafe to talk about veterinary technician education because this was all fascinating, all of the, the credentials and paths. And, and I actually really like to kind of talking about maybe what's on the horizon and just rethinking the way we're doing a lot of this because I know if I was going to go teach a class right now, it would be a PowerPoint. And I know I'm not going to reach a lot mm -hmm. of people. And that's part of what has to change. So I think that's really, really cool discussion. Well, and I, I love the idea of, of teaching technicians and veterinarians yeah. in the same same building. Yeah, I've, I've long said that I think somehow while they're in vet school, they need to be taught who we are, what we do, what our credentials are, how to utilize us then instead of being used as free labor themselves and doing all the work. But they graduate with no concept of who we are and what we can do and what we can't do and all of that. And I feel like that's really ingrained in our education where our line stops and where theirs starts, but the reverse is not. So I, yeah, Dave, I think that's a great point. Well, that, and, and the other part of that is that the, the added bonus to that is that, you know, we, we talk about how sometimes veterinarians don't know how to work with, with technicians. They're learning together. You're starting yeah. that collaborative process yeah. right from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. And the vet schools are looking into that. I'm on a, on a task force with AAVMC, and they're looking into team-based learning. So so it's definitely there. Mm. It's 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 going to come to fruition. It's just taken a little oh, bit of sure. time. Oh, sure. I'm sure. Well, yeah. As I, everything does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again for your time. Um, definitely, you know, send us some info that we can get out to our caffeinators on the podcast and um, all that great stuff. We would love to to kind of follow along and, and see what all comes of that. I know you got some great episodes coming out. So, uh, but thank you again for your time and we, uh, we hope to talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks you guys so much. You're very welcome. You're welcome. Bye guys. Thank you. Bye caffeinators. Hello, caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community, and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators! 
We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website, www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.